Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of OP is OP, the brand new podcast where we go through the One Piece manga, one of us, for the first time. I am the super veteran of One Piece, Justin, and my co-host, the super rookie himself, Jacob. Hopefully to be a supernova in the future. Is that what you said? Supernova? Yeah, supernova. That's the terminology? All right, all right, all right. Yes. So, <sighs> this is... Episode 1, which means we're going to go through the entire first arc, known as the Romance Dawn arc, chapters 1 through 7. So, if you, for some reason, are watching this and have not read that or watched the anime version of it, you probably shouldn't listen to this, because there's going to be a lot of spoilers. Yes, and this is, for our sake, we are reading the manga. We are not watching the anime. Um, I'm doing it via the Shonen Jump app. And I'm rereading it there as well. Yeah, it's very convenient, too. Um, but yeah, it's first time ever going through this series, uh, for perspective, I have heard so much about this series for at least 15 years. I remember reading like glimpses of it, uh, in my sixth grade class, like more than 15 years ago. Really? And it was volume, it was volume one. Yeah. So, so when we first starting here, I'm going to have like a bit of memory, a bit of, uh, nostalgia. Of like, oh, yeah, this guy. Or, oh, yeah, this thing happening. But after we get past, like, I think actually after the second or third arc, it's going to be a whole new territory. Nice. But, yeah, but overall, my experience to this is very minimal. I just know it's the number one manga shonen by far. It is a beast. It is yes. OP. And. With good reason. <laughs> yeah, with good reason, apparently. And we'll find out more as we eventually cover it. Because I'm actually kind of curious to talk about it because I finally have an excuse to read this and go into this and it's fucking good so far. Shit. Awesome. I'm super excited. So let's uh, dive oh. right in. Chapter one, yeah. kind of impressions. The chapter the is also named Romance Dawn. Oh, yeah. Chapter one, definitely, definitely a prologue. It's uh, main character, Luffy. He is a child. I remember this as well. Much younger. What I forgot actually was he gets the knife and stabs his face and like, oh yeah, that's yeah. where he gets a scar on his cheek. Yeah. <laughs> and it's to, and he he does like a like a Naruto gesture before Naruto because Naruto he stabs himself in the hand at some point to prove that uh, I don't know like a blood bond or whatever. But that becomes so insignificant in the long run. In this series, it's like no, it's literally the trademark scar on his cheek, where yeah. he's literally trying to prove himself to um, the pirates hanging on his island how tough he is. And then after he does it, everyone right. gets their their shocked Pikachu JPEG reaction meme of him doing it. And then he uh, eventually at the end, he's all tearing up and crying. going, It didn't hurt at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was like um, it was just such a great moment where I'm like, oh, so it's actually I don't know. So I guess the little thing is I hate when characters, in, especially in Shonen, they'll be very injured, really hurt. Mm. And after they recover, there's no reminder of that at all. But right. right away, it, this is just one scenario, so I don't know if it's going to continue as we go on. You'll know this. But when characters get hurt, do they maintain the scars? Do they maintain the wounds? Because my current favorite show in My Hero Academia is known to do this very well. Um, if I recall, One Piece will do this in the future, but I'm not too sure. I just remember that little scar on his cheek. Yeah, so generally. Just... Generally, the big damage stays. Like, the big, like, really impactful, meaningful hits, you know, that a main character mm. will take will, like, usually yeah. leave a scar that's, like, it's gonna stay. <laughs> yeah, because I'm used to, I'm used to, like, the, the the old big three shonen. I'm used to Bleach, where literally characters will be sliced and diced. 
right. so many times they'll lose like gallons of blood per cut. They're not they'll their put real some physical bodies. Yeah, and then they'll, they'll and then they'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll have all these bandages on them to heal. But then once it's done, it's like oh, they're they're no not a scratch on them. Right. And it's like no, that main dude should be covered in scars. What the heck is that? But yeah, that little yeah. cut on his cheek was a nice little indication that okay, there'll be reminders. Not to mention um, his role model, Shanks. That's his name, right? Captain Shanks. Yes. The Shanks. Uh, of the of the red haired pirates. Is that what they're yep, called? That's correct. Red haired pirates. Shanks Such has red a... hair. Can't see that in the manga. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Pirates. They just they. It's to the point, man. They just want to let you know we got red hair. That's or the captain's got red hair. That's that's good enough, man. That's good enough. Um, yeah, a lot of pirate crews in One Piece are just named after like a notable physical characteristic of their captain. That is perfectly fine by me. It helps me with my memory. It helps yeah. me. And I'm pretty sure the author knew that too. Uh, Oda. Yes. Oda. Is that the okay? Oda. I don't. I don't remember his first name, but I remember hearing that name over and over. Oda. 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 The Madman. Oda. Um, <laughs> again, is this this reputation so weird? Jumping in like this. Um, oh, obviously, when it first starts, it immediately begins with a world building of. The legendary pirate uh, Gold Roger. Yeah, that's what I have on here on my notes. Gold Roger. Uh, I don't know if that's if that's is that the name of the guy. Yeah, Gold Roger. Or or, or at least at this point, that's what they call him. Yeah, it's like his title, okay. kind of as a pirate. Okay, Gold. Yeah, okay. His, his name remember, is Roger, though. Yeah. Okay, because I remember this clearly too. Is the the swords cross in front of his neck, and then he declares, "I have hidden the treasure along the Grand Line or something." Mm-hmm. And the One Piece treasure is basically the treasure to end all treasures. Basically, it's supposed right. to be like. The national treasure from the movie National Treasure, but times a million kind of thing. Where it's yeah, like, oh, that's the mystery, right? That's the that's the mystique. Because I'm pretty sure even now, almost a thousand chapters in, there's still no idea exactly what the One Piece is. Yeah, so, that's it's not revealed mm-hmm. yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being something personal rather than treasure. Because even in these uh, early arcs, oh, for re- for reference, uh, we. Read the first two arcs side by side before, uh, right before recording this. So we have, um, I I have a perspective of the first two arcs only in my head as this as this newcomer here. And we are going to try and avoid spoilers for the second arc in this episode, just for the record. Anyone listening? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but just for reference to those listening of where I'm at right now, because Justin here he has fully. I read it up. in Japanese every week and translate it myself because <laughs> I don't want to wait for the scans. <laughs> you don't you don't, you don't want to make sure that it's not being misrepresented by like by these all these translators who get paid. I'm, I'm not the best either, but I just like I can't wait. You know, I want to at least get the good idea of what's going on as soon as possible because I I love One Piece. I need it in my yeah, veins. I, as soon I as wish possible. I will. I wish I could do that with uh, My Hero Academia because I always see, always hear about the scans being available like three or four days ahead of the official outlink, and I'm just yeah. like, come on! Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's Japan is laughing at me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, don't, don't look at the pictures. Don't do it. Yeah. So, I, I guess the whole point though is I'm having fun talking about this normal, these normal things right now. I'm just chapter one because what I, I'm picking up on this right away is how animated and uh expressive the characters are yes. and it's part of the art style does oda draw as well as write this series yeah all oda i mean he has assistants naturally i assume they do inking and background and stuff like that but 
Okay, it's okay. All but story be... art, all Oda. Okay, so Oda and his team, if I want to try and give the full credit here, Oda and his team, very, very expressive animated faces. It is definitely the upside to the star, the style. Because before yes. getting into the series, I'll admit the aesthetics weren't really going my way. I hear that a lot. Yeah, it's because I think when people think of this series of like the aesthetics, they think of the anime that the series had because yeah. um, there's an anime spinoff that follows the manga almost note by note. Um, right. But that's it's a weekly show, if I recall. So the quality is really low. Yeah. Like Naruto and Bleach and Dragon Ball Z back in the day, where occasionally you get these spikes of good quality during the big fights. Yes. But for the most part, it's just, yeah, bad quality. So I think, myself included, newcomers are thinking of that anime, or worse yet, they think of that English dub opening when the series first started, because I got that song stuck <laughs> yeah. in my head. Yeah. Some, pe- <laughs> some people love that, like the pirate rap. Okay, that's the thing I want to ask you. Like, I wasn't sure. Is that supposed to be a thing people hate? It's because both. I know people... Yeah, because there are people who hate that. And then some people were like, but okay, but it has a good beat, though. And then it's I remember divisive. being... And I remember being split, because I remember the part where they go, like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Ho, ho. I remember that part yeah, being really fun. Like, yeah, yo, right? Like, yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah, I remember that part being fun, but then they get to the part where they introduce all the characters by name, that part of the song, and I remember that <laughs> yeah. sounding bad. And that part spoilers. sounded bad to me. <laughs> like, the opening of the anime spoils, like, the first, like, five members of Luffy's crew. Just, like, right away. Yeah, okay. that's, that is right, because I remember... Um, I won't mention them by name or mention what they look like, but yeah, I remember, like you said, like, the first, like, like I guess four, four characters. I only remember the first four characters, so I don't know if it's four or five. I only remember the first four that are spoiled in the uh, that intro. But yeah, but everything being very expressive and um, lively, it really fits a lot better in the manga because it helps me, you know, interpret in my mind when I'm imagining these scenes going in motion, these panels, and these characters having these massive expressive faces on them, whether they're shocked they're recreating the shocked Pikachu JPEG meme yeah. of like some of like Luffy eating the double fruit and everyone, including Shanks going, did you just eat this damn thing? And then Luffy's yeah. just, just sweating beads yeah. over there going, yeah, but it wasn't good. That is such a great character moment too. Like, I love that. Like he was just, you know, like kind of mad at the time. He just got the little milk joke thrown on him. You know, oh like, yeah, from then, Shanks yeah, messing with him, like, 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 kid, you wouldn't survive at sea. Like, I'm telling you, Luffy's trying to over, but I'm so tough. I cut myself. See, I proved it. He's like, you know what, dude? Have some milk. Thanks. And then he balls laughter, going yeah. like, dude, a pirate wouldn't drink <laughs> milk, dude. I love it. I love that moment. <laughs> and he's teasing him so much. Yeah. Um, and then you know he's just looking for some dessert. He sees a fruit and he yeah, eats he's the whole like, thing, even though it I tastes just, like crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry, dude. Um, actually, uh, later on in this arc too, they reinforce the fact that, yeah, Luffy has the common shonen, uh, I don't know if it's a common shonen trope, but I remember Goku had this too from Dragon Ball Z. Goku popularized it. Yeah. Just main character loves to eat. They will eat and eat and eat and they will still look like a twig in Luffy's case, Mm -hmm. or they will just still be completely fit and ready. Right. And like Goku, and yet they'll eat like a mountain of food. So immediately they're just going like, "All right, Luffy's just eating whatever's around. He'll eat this crazy looking fruit in this treasure chest because he just wants dessert. He wants right. like help. He's hungry, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm like, all right, cool, we got that established. Um, and yeah, just the whole, yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this first chapter because it was a prologue of 54 chapters, but it did such a good job of just like getting me ready for the excitement because of these expressive characters. I don't know who will come back or who won't, obviously. Right. Thousand chapters, I don't know. But obviously the main the main important characters I have written on here are Captain Shanks. Like he has the very iconic like scar all over his eyes. He's he had yeah. the straw hat that he gives yeah. to Luffy at the end. Yes. After Luffy proclaims still at the end of their fiasco, the end of the first chapter of, you know, I will still be a pirate uh, captain. I will be the king of pirates. I will be the pirate captain. And then Shanks, instead of teasing him, yeah. as usually he's done, he still kind of does, but he also gives him that hat and goes, I will expect you to give this to me when you make it, you know, when you make it big. And that immediately is like, all right, there's your goal. Like, I don't yeah. care if he never finds the one piece. The goal now is for Luffy to become an honorable, respectful, awesome pirate captain and to meet Shanks again and return yeah. that hat. So I'm guessing this is going to be a big payoff that happens later in the manga or that fans are still waiting for it and they haven't forgotten because it's literally like the first chapter. It's the big moment, the motivator, because this is like literally the iconic Luffy's yeah. <laughs> uh, attire. He's known for the straw hat. So yes. I remember this clearly. I wrote down like, you know, uh, I wrote down Shank gives the hat to Luffy, wants it back when Luffy becomes King of Pirates. Like it's, it, it's obviously something that's supposed to be incredibly important. So I'm like, all right, Shanks got the name written down. He wants his hat back. Luffy, don't lose it. Don't pull yeah. an Ash Ketchum and have it kidnapped by Mankey. Okay. You keep yeah. that hat. You take care of that hat. Yeah, definitely. Like got to protect it. It's very, it was important to Shanks. And as a memento, it's therefore becomes important to Luffy just because it's mm -hmm. representative of his promise, I think. And even just like when he's mm -hmm. wearing it, it's like a visual reminder to us as well. Like he's trying to become a great pirate. He has a goal in mind. The hat is the visual reminder, the symbol. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually don't remember word for word. Does Luffy, did Luffy ever say in the first chapter that he wants to like, have all the treasure, all the plunders. Cause I know that he does, he goes on the list of listings, like before he gets into that confrontation with the mountain bandit right. where he's like, no, I want to plunder, take hostages. Like I want adventures. But did he mention anything specifically other than like, I want to be King of pirates or no. Uh, I know like the big like line, I don't think it was to the mountain bandit, but at the, uh, at the end of his little meeting with Shanks, when Shanks' crew is about to leave the Island for the last time. Yeah, He says, like, I'm going to have a ship is, that's better than yours, I'm going to have a crew that's better than yours, and we'll have the biggest hoard of treasure in the world. Okay, okay. So, the first two things are definitely, like, you know, like, the realistic goals. And the last one, that could imply that he's going to find One Piece. Or yeah, and then he says try. he's going to be king goal. of the pirates, of course. So ship better than of yours, course, crew yeah. better than yours, more treasure than any other pirate, and I'm going to be the king of the pirates. Yeah, Those you're going like to be the in four my things shot. he says. Yeah, big promises from the 10-year-old who had to be rescued by uh, the captain who uh, from, lost from his arm to... Rescued from a fish. <laughs> yeah, the giant eel. I, I wrote down here, uh, giant eel from Little Mermaid. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, like, reminded me of... He really does look like those two Flotsam eels. or Jetsam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Flotsam or Jetsam, just a giant version. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, a yeah, seriously. I never thought about that, but he, he really does look a lot like them. 
that's the first thing I thought. Where I'm just like, holy shit, it's just a giant eel <laughs> just going in. Yeah, the um, Lord of the Coast. I think it's Lord of the King of the Coast, Lord of the Coast. He, does he actually have a title? The monster? I think that's what they call it. Yeah, the Lord of the Coast. Oh, that's a pretty badass name for someone who gets fucking decked <laughs> in the at the end of the chapter. Yeah, he gets it destroyed. But, yeah. yeah. With one a, single with, amazing it, with a ver- punch. Yeah, with a very well drawn uh two panel shot. Yes. I love it when uh manga does this, by the way. They should do it more often, where there's like a, a huge critical blow of of you know, of a hero or a villain to the other character, but it's like the final blow, but it's two panel. It's a beautiful open spread shot. And you can just see because of all the extra space, you can get a very good feel of like, holy shit, this thing is like all the power it has. So when he goes yeah. like gum gum and then you flip the, or in my case, I, I scrolled with the finger to the next panel. And then I go back and forth looking at it fully of him just stand Luffy standing on the rowboat. Or whatever the hell he called it, the yeah, it's a little, little dinghy. Yeah, the dinghy. That I called it a dinghy. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Um, and then <laughs> he is. just lo- yeah, and then he launches the punch and then just knocks him out cold with a gum gum pistol. And I'm like, all right, you know what? We got some got some cheesy names for your moves. You know what? I don't care. That's a good way to introduce the move. It's just all right. Yeah. He literally <laughs> fires his fist like it's a pistol, like a round yeah, of shot. It's the callback to the beginning. You know, he said his punch. My punch will be as powerful as a pistol. Yep. So he mm-hmm. names his exactly. his main punch move, gum gum mm-hmm. pistol. I remember. I remember him saying that. There's literally a picture of a like a like the old uh, pistol in the background when yeah. he was uh, mentioning it. Like I'm gonna. It's as strong as a pistol. And then and sadly, I, when he's trying to, what was that? So I just want to kind of say straight up, I think that punch is more powerful than a pistol. <laughs> do you think one <laughs> shot from a pistol could defeat that monster? I don't think it would do shit. <laughs> no, not really. But that's what the devil fruit can do. Um, yeah. I did write pistol. down the name. Yeah, I didn't write down the name of the actual fruit, but I know it's like like the the gom gom the gum gum. It's yeah, like yeah, it, weird... it is gum. It's literally gum gum the gum gum fruit or gomu gomu no me. I, because there's like a an ocean presence here or like a like you know the ocean setting i'm just gonna just say screw it it's a cthulhu type name where it's like real cthulhu gob gob it's a because of those designs on that fruit were kind of uh were kind of lovecraftian where it's like swirls and like mysterious so you know what it's, yeah. it's until i get proof that those fruit aren't grown from the tentacles of cthulhu that's my head cannon for now all right, okay. stick stick with it. Look for the the, <laughs> the breadcrumbs, you know. Find the trail, the clues. <laughs> the 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 final boss guarding the One Piece is gonna be Cthulhu himself. It's oh, that'd be that, insane. And uh, it's, it's it's it takes all the the the. All right, I'm not gonna go too far into that because it might be uh, spoilers for the second arc. But basically, I'll just summarize it. Cthulhu is gonna be the final boss of the One Piece, <laughs> the final guardian, so to speak. You heard the reason why first. the grand. <laughs> The reason why the Grand Line has never been sur- or conquered yet or surpassed. Um, I think that might be an arc two spoiler mentioning the Grand Line, but it's I think it's sorry because the, the name really the name really the name really stood out. But yeah. I also wrote down the name uh, Makino. She's a proprietor of the tavern. Um, right. I don't think she's too important, but it they gave her a name when All I was right. reading through. Yeah, they gave her the name and like the whole the title panel so I, yeah yes so i thought she might be important later on because she's the one also that tells luffy that you know it takes more strength not to fight than to fight because in reaction to luffy going why does shanks just 
let himself get covered in the rum or in this, you know, get himself get humiliated by this mountain bandit. And he's laughing. He can clearly, yeah. yeah. And then, and then she tells him like, no, it takes more strength not to fight because he's holding himself back because, you know, he was outnumbered. He was, you know, in a mismatch. He, he wasn't at his a game. So it takes yeah. more strength not to fight, even though his pride was being shattered. That's how I proceeded anyway, because eventually later on when Luffy's, you know, being Luffy, and he gets stomped on by the mountain band. He's, you know, at this point, Luffy's a kid. I think right. he's like eight, nine, ten or something. I think and... he's seven because ten years later, he's 17 when he sets out. OK, then definitely seven then, because I remember it saying ten years later at the end of the chapter. OK, yeah. So he's seven. So seven then. Um, If you know, he's 17 at this point. Uh, And then Shanks comes in. Acting like, like an anime badass, just walking through the town like Wild West type of scenario. Oh, mountain dude, just, yeah. Tell me all about yeah, that scene. <laughs> yeah, Mountain Bandit just goes, you better turn around if you know what's good for you. And then Shanks just goes, dude, I know, like, I could take it. You can insult me all you want. You can insult my ship. I think he says that. But you threaten any one of my friends, even this little squirt here, this pipsqueak, like, now we got problems. Mm-hmm. And the bandits, they don't hold back then probably the most gruesome panel actually of this entire first arc to me anyway, is when the bandit is pointing the gun at Shanks and then Shanks is, you know, doing the, the line of like, you shouldn't be pointing guns at people, dude. Things can happen to you. And then the next panel, panel. (laughs) smiling, he's so carefree. Like he's really not worried because he knows his crew's there. He's like, Oh, you shouldn't just point a gun at someone. And And so, (laughs) yeah. And then so casually, cause they're pirates. So casually, the big dude is just chomping on the giant, like, you know, piece of chicken or piece of meat. Yeah. And he pops the, the goon right in the head, saving his captain. I'm like, oh, shit. Was, was he given <laughs> a name? I don't remember. He wasn't the first mate. I know that. Right. The first yeah, mate, the I didn't first write down mate the first does get a name, name. And his name is Ben Beckman. I was going to say, you didn't have him on your list, but he no, had I did, such no, I did, no, a showing, man. Mm. <laughs> I, think, I, think he sh- I think he did the most, honestly, in the whole chapter. Yeah. By Axe alone, the strongest character we've seen so far in the whole first arc. I totally agree with that because by, I know it's, it's such the cold like response to like, like, Oh, you pointed a gun at my captain. I'm just going to pop you right in the head. And then you literally see the blood trail too. I'm like, Holy shit. This is much gorier than I thought. Like it wasn't gory, like, you know, intestines showing or anything like that. Nothing like attack on Titan stuff, but just the display of like, Oh, that he's dead. This is that person is literally dead. That body is falling. There's the blood. And meanwhile, who did it? Big loyal servant, uh, big loyal uh, goon of the of the red haired pirates. And he's just munching on me, yeah. enjoying his job, <laughs> smiling eating. wide, going, all right, we got a fight going. Yeah. <laughs> it's on now. <laughs> yeah, that, that fight scene is like really good. And it also shows mm-hmm. like how cinematic Oda's like paneling and like angles and everything are because you can follow the oh. action so easily. And it's just definitely it's really well choreographed. Like in his head, he knows what's going on, you know, and you can tell that because you know what's going on. I will definitely admit as even though I I'm a super huge fan of My Hero Academia, at times it is hard to follow the action when things get really heated. Yeah. And it's not a huge criticism towards um, Horikoshi, the author, the manga and artist of manga artist of my hair academia mm-hmm. it's not a criticism of that because it is really hard to show that because when you know yes. what's going on it's fantastic but yeah. there's a natural flow when you're reading right to left up to down 
and knowing exactly what's going on. Am I bewildered? Am I like shaken up going like, okay, wait, who's where, what's going on. And I will say through this arc and then the next arc as well, it's really easy to follow what's going on. And these are just manga panels. And so I will fully admit that. Yeah. Like before I was talking crap about the aesthetics, not looking too pleasing, but when you're reading that on the, the action going on in the manga, I have no issues at all going back and like, okay, wait, what just happened? What's doing this? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It just establishes. Okay. Like the, the, the goon, he's walking up to the captain, he pulls the gun. He just gets saved by a uh, chicken boy. I'm just gonna call him chicken man from now on. <laughs> and th- then every, the mountain bandits are like, Oh, it's on. And then the redhead pirates are just, are they're just going, nah, like we're not just some like thugs that just like crashed your tavern. We're fucking pirates, dude. Yeah, like, put him, Ben put him up. <laughs> Love the first mate of Red. He just said, "Look, you know what, Captain? Yeah, exactly. I got this." Yeah. And he yeah, flips I got this, his bro. gun around and beats him with it without even shooting. <laughs> like he first yeah, he puts the cigarette out on the guy's head. He freaking like knocks that dude out. He grabs his freaking like rifle like a mallet, beats the dudes down. He lights another cigarette. They're all defeated, yeah, okay. and then he aims the gun at the captain. Like, what's up? <laughs> okay, I'm so I'm so glad you started that because I wasn't sure of what he was using. I thought it was a yeah, musket. it was his ri- oh yeah yeah, yeah musket. a musket rifle. I, I don't I'm not a gun uh, guy. I call it a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> sorry if this was if this is uh the setting reminds me of like uh 17th 18th century because they still have wooden ships, they still mm-hmm. have uh blunderbusses, they still have old guns. Right. So I'm thinking musket, which are very long wooden rifles, essentially. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe it is. So I thought it was musket, but either way, it's a rifle. So yeah, I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> I was going to say, was that like a, just a fancy staff? What was that? Because originally <laughs> I thought it was a rifle. But um, since you started off with that, I'm like, all right. So definitely he was, it was his musket. And instead of just firing around, then using it, it's like, no, I'm just going to keep smacking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need. I don't even need to waste a shot on you, dude. <laughs> or any of you. It might also be maybe like you said, if it's a musket, it'd be a one shot, right? One in the chamber. Yeah, Which would also explain why he beats them all and then aims it at Higuma, the the mountain bandit captain. Oh, he only he has does one shot, right? End. Yeah, he right. beats the whole crew and then he aims it at him. Oh, now that seems even much better because it shows that yeah, he's that a actually, smart that's fighter. Really good. Honest, oh, uh, that's so good. <laughs> this is this is uh, no spoilers really because. Ben Beckman, like the red-haired pirates, they do have like a, a background presence, you know, like you'll hear about them and like some crap that they did, but it's a while before you're going to see them again. Yes, I figured because Luffy was a fan of them, yeah. But Oda said like a fan asked him about Ben Beckman and he said he's one of the four, I think, smartest characters in the whole series. So he is, he's up, he's up there in intelligence well, fighting. If that's the case, then I saw right away, okay, he has combat intelligence. Yeah, and you picked a- up on that immediately, which is awesome. Yeah, well, in a sense, I just point out it was a one-shot musket, but then you put all the pieces together for me, and then I went like, oh, that's a pretty good fight. So it's like, okay, wait, this is actually really good. That's why he was beating the shit out of those guys. And then he was saving his one shot for the main captain, the main mountain bandit, going, all right, don't move. <laughs> yeah, such a you. great showing. And, and, like, and immediately, now now that you mentioned this, I'm like, this is still chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta, we gotta move along, but the first chapters are so good, and it's such a good introduction to the story. It sets up the world really well, like, it gives us different kind of pieces. We got bandits, mm-hmm. villagers, pirates. We see that the world is kind of loosely policed, because bandits and pirates are just using this town, like, coming and going as they please. 
Yeah, that's also why I got like a huge 18th, 17th century vibe, because at this point when there was mass expansion going on in our world, the human world, much more lame, by the way, um, when piracy was running rampant. Yeah, you had all these like coastal port cities and islands like in the Caribbean or in the uh, southeast uh, Pacific where it was lawless regions, quote unquote, because, yeah, like there was hardly any state government or uh, like law or recognized sovereignty. So that's why pirates had their free reign. So, yeah, in this case, it's like, absolutely. Now we got this huge adventure going on where piracy is considered like a virtue almost rather than like a huge crime thing. Actually, that's not true. We get to later on and pirates are seen as horrible people. Right, <laughs> but yeah. some people have this romanticized view, like Luffy, of to be a pirate is to be an adventurer. Exactly. And we see that. And we'll see that. And I think that's actually a good transition to chapter two, because I think we took on chapter one a bit a bit too long. But I had yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was a relatively appropriate amount of time for a first path through. Yeah, 54 pages, 55 pages. It's, it's it's good enough. It made a really good first impression. And since you're here, now I'm like, okay, wait, that action scene was really fucking good. It wasn't just your typical, like, okay, it's a decent action scene, and then we're going to have nothing after that. It's like, no, it was establishment shot of, like, the artist, this, this writer, Oda. He knows what he's doing. So, Definitely. at least right now. I don't know, three arcs from now, he could have a giant shit in terms of consistency. I don't know. Yep, could I'll find out. I'll, I'll find out. Right. So chapter two uh, starts off right away. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to point out too is when I'm reading manga, I don't read too much manga, but when I do read it, it's hard for it's hard to make me to make me laugh out loud. Like I'll like have a smirk. Laugh. Yeah, I'll have a smirk or a chuckle, and it's really impressive. Chapter two, I get a very wide smirk. I didn't laugh out loud yet, but I had right. a really wide smirk. Where like at page two. Luffy is like, man, I can't believe I started this journey right away. It's ending in complete yeah. disaster. Yeah, so like, <laughs> right? he's in a whirlpool. It's it's really amazing. Like the first just two <laughs> chapters, how much characterization Oda gives Luffy. We're really seeing like he is all about adventure. He's super carefree, and uh, I think he says mm. in this chapter a little bit later, like I'll die trying to become the pirate king, and I won't be upset about it. You know, something to that line. Like as long as I die following my dreams, that's fine. I'm yeah, going to do what I want to do. Exactly. And like, he's in a whirlpool still smiling. He's like, I guess that's it. That's crazy. That was fast. You know, too oh, bad. That, oh yeah. He does say that at the end of this chapter. Absolutely. As long as if you're doing what you want to do and follow your dreams, then that's, the, then you get my respect. But if you're fine with coddling yourself and, you know, kneeling because you're afraid, then I don't know what to do, dude. I'm just going to be brutally honest with you and treat you like a person, which when Luffy's teach, treating a regular person, at least what I've seen so far. And he's addressing a regular person who doesn't seem like they're totally in control of what they want to do with life. He's, he's always brutally honest and frank. Yeah. And that gets people, that gets on people's bad side really quickly. Um, but that's part of his character where right. he, like, especially, uh, is it in this chapter? Yes, Kobe. Um, when Kobe, he's the cabin boy of this pirate, uh, Iron Mace Alvita. If we're continuing our Little Mermaid references, Alvita was totally Ursula, yeah. but human form. <laughs> the fairest in the land. If if we are continuing our Little Mermaid comparisons here, like she, like she made the appearance after Flotsam's dad or Jetsam's mom <laughs> or whatever got knocked like decked by Luffy's pistol, and and then she gets this huge and that's her whole stick is she's got a big iron mace and she's strong enough to wield it and that makes her her crew entirely scared of her because you got out of line. 
she just beats you to living hell out of it. She beats you to living pulp. Yeah, like, she's definitely very physically strong. Just to be able to hold mm-hmm. that mace, like, even in One Piece standards, like, most, I guess, basic grunts would not be able to hold that. Like, her crew couldn't wield that mace. Only she can. Oh, yeah, exactly. Especially. Um, so... It was very weird, though, because the very first times they showed her, it showed her only her eyes and a shadow. So it made it seem like, yeah. oh, who is this mysterious person? And when they finally show her, she's like this super obese, like giant. Yeah. Well, not maybe that giant, but she's super big. But she's strong enough to wield this mace. But she has like no legs. <laughs> it's part of the, yeah. I guess it's part of the art style going forward. Where I've noticed a lot of big characters in this oh, show. Oh, dude. Body proportions or, sorry, are in this out series. the door. Yeah, where it seems like a lot of characters skip leg day. I don't know how I feel about that. That's <laughs> right. Where I'm like, you're talking about characters that need to have sea legs, you know, embrace the sea waves and stay right. on the boats. And these characters have like little tiny pegs for feet or legs. And I'm just going, all right, uh, it's a, little, a slight little like yeah. <laughs> notice where I'm just like, I don't know. It's not a negative. It's an interesting choice. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, he, not uh, yet. He has really interesting like character designs. They're all very memorable. Like the big characters, like very memorable designs from. Oda. Oh yeah, if we're talking overall design, they're fantastic so far. They're very memorable. Where I think Avita, Alvita, sorry, Alvita might be a one-time pirate captain or villain. She she's memorable to me. Like I said, she's a land-based Ursula, giant maze. She's got the huge like grin on her face when she's talking then again i noticed that with all the characters but either way it's huge with her much bigger so and she has just any attitude of any disobedience if she she thinks you're not working she thinks you're slacking off in a tiny bit she will throw that mace destroy an entire shed (laughs) which actually made me laugh out loud i got a little out of pace here where literally uh, Luffy to survive that whirlpool, he fi- he sews fi- away into a barrel that he has on the on the dinghy he has, and he bursts out going, "That was a great nap." When everyone, all these other pirates that found it thought it was like some rum or something, yeah. and then they're and they're screaming at him with the very expressive faces that I'm pretty sure the series is iconic for. The fuck you doing in there? And he's like, "What? I was just sleeping. Yeah, who are you guys?" <laughs> yeah, he's staying alive, you know. He'll like, do whatever. Yeah, like nonchal- like nonchalantly confused, wondering why are you guys wondering what I'm doing. I was just sleeping in here. What are you doing? Yeah, like he pops um, out and he's like, "Who are you?" Like he's surprised to see them. Yeah, yeah. who are you guys? Yeah, and the other like three are that. like, "No, what, who the hell are you? You're you, you're in this barrel, like we just found at sea. Like and it's just like, yeah, I just I just wanted to sleep and I was stranded there. But then <laughs> next panel, you just see the mace." just spitting like just <laughs> pretty horrible projectile and the shed that the pirates are in are is completely obliterated to further show how heavy and dense that mace is or how powerful how strong she is because she can throw that thing that far and then she goes who the hell is slacking off saying they were they found some rum and they were going to drink it because they were talking yeah, to right. you the <laughs> and then i couldn't find this panel on google because I was looking for shocked expressions, but the one goon who was just sighing, going, oh, shit, because he made the connection going, oh, she heard Luffy, that, that guy Luffy talk and not me. But he had he actually had the shocked Pikachu JPEG. I know I said that three times already, yeah. but he actually had the face because, you know, the one piece shocked expression is its own thing. Yes. But when I got to hear and like, OK, wait, no, that's the meme because he had like the, the face slightly ajaw going, oh, shit. He talked about Luffy and he had like the, oh, the whole, <laughs> the, 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 oh, fuck face. We got an imposter, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. 
cabin boy. They went away. They went that way. I think they called you names or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like basically, I think like the whole point of the chapter is uh, to see more of Luffy's like kind of outlook on life through like someone who's the total opposite of him, which is Kobe Alvina's cabin boy. Right? He's like oh, yeah. kind of a little sniveling bitch. Right? He's like yeah, he's the opposite understandably of Luffy. so. I, I want to point out understandably so. Like from my perspective, it's literally a kid who was like ten or eleven. And he went on a fishing oh, yeah. trip, and he yeah. ended up Shanghai'd. Is that the right term? Shanghai'd by the um, by her crew, and he was forced to be a cabin boy. Essentially, he's a slave. So yeah. at a young age, so you know, even though because again, this is part of Luffy's character, and this is not a negative. Like I understand when characters have flaws or negative traits, I don't see them as oh, that's why I hate the character. It's like no, it's a character trait. Let's see where the author c- can do with this. To make comparisons real quick to My Hero Academia, people say they hate Bakugo, and I go, you're a sad person. Yeah. But with Luffy, like, when I see this character, he's Frank going, like, like Kobe, kid, grow some balls, get out there and live. And it's like, it's easy for you to say, different perspective, but at the same time, that's his character. Where yeah. he's like, no, live your dreams, get out there, don't stop yourself. And especially after the Kobe t- shows him the dinghy he's been making for the last few years to try to escape. And then Luffy goes, so why haven't you used it? And he just goes, well, I'm scared. I'm scared of her and the crew killing me. And then Luffy's like, take the shot. You're not happy here. You're a coward. I forget what he calls Kobe exactly, but he basically on that line of thought. Yeah. Where, and it makes Kobe like, he does the, uh, the one piece crying. I've seen it a few times now where it is just heavy, copious amounts of water and tears. It's like the ugly cry that you want to avoid in, in Hollywood live action movies. Where they're like they're sniffling, going, and it's just heavy, big blocks of trails of tears, and then one piece, it, it's cranked to an eleven. So, and then Kobe's yeah. doing that all, when he's like confronting Alvita, finally calling her like a, oh god, what did he call her? I didn't write it down. It was like, calling her like a fatso or like yeah, some like who's this a name. big old fat lady something? Yeah. Like, like, what's it? <laughs> just immediately I, yeah, with Lu- no hesitation. Yeah, because Luffy starts it, he initiates it, going like. Like, who is this broad? Who's this big old bitch? He doesn't say that word for word, but that's the... uh, uh, Basically, it's what the crew hears, right? Because they go, oh, shit. Oh, it's on now. The captain is getting pissed. (laughs) And then she goes, what'd you say to me? Kind of thing. And I think... I I know I'm paraphrasing here. Kobe goes along with it because he's, you know, he's inspired or at least motivated to finally confront because after all, his dinghy's been destroyed at this point. The Iron Mace Alvita... Uh, destroyed it completely right and then goes along with it and goes yeah i don't like this i hate you i hate being here and then obviously you know she hates and tries to kill him and objective part of this chapter is to show that the 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 rubber fruit the rubber powers that luffy has it makes him durable he can survive a direct hit to the head by that iron mace that we established earlier right can be thrown by this by this character and destroy an entire shed easily and then hits him in the head directly, which should be a killing blow. One hit. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Exactly. He just goes, yeah, I'm pretty strong. Like, 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 oh, that doesn't work on me. I'm made of rubber. (laughs) It's yeah. It's it's not like the, it's not like the demon slayer scenario where the main character just goes, I just have a a skull as hard as a rock. I really don't know why. But in this case, it's like, no, it's the devil. It's the devil fruit. It's, it gives you durability as well. So I'm like, okay, we're getting a bit more objective, objectively. It can't make you, it makes you, it prevents you from swimming. 
but yep. you can extend your limbs and now you have a super durability with this fruit anyway because i know different fruit have different powers um for spoilers for arc two yeah, um, at least to like physical blunt damage like insane durability almost immunity it seems like most of the time absolutely um but yeah it ends with i think another gum gum pistol just knocks her out cold i forget i, I forget exactly how <laughs> it happens it <laughs> but yeah one shot because she's not used to people surviving that first shot and yeah. and she's vulnerable she gets clobbered in the face she's out for the count and the crew doesn't do anything. They're intimidated because they're so used to being intimidated by this captain because of how strong she is. They literally see this stranger just clobber her in one hit and survive a direct hit. And they just go, we're out. Take the ship. We're out. <laughs> so we're we, out. Do, we, we do got to move along. But basically, it's like these first couple mm-hmm. chapters, including like the arc, the little mini arc with Zoro that we're about to talk about is like mm-hmm. at this point, Luffy is the big fish in this part of the world right it seems like he's just way out of everyone's league and they don't stand a chance against him basically at least at least for now like the standard pirates yes. who have for like these, uh, then it, then again alvita is not a standard pirate but basically like he's here he's making a name for himself so right away he beat this he beats this captain immediately he saves kobe and then uh they're going to a different island to look for a marine school a marine uh base because that's what Kobe wants to do, and that's just the nearest place for Luffy to go. Because, oh, the most important thing at the end of the first chapter, or the beginning of the second, I forget which, it, you mentioned it earlier, is he, that stuck out with me. He's looking for ten members yeah, of yeah, the yeah, yeah. crew. He's looking for ten people of the crew, and I forget if it's in this chapter or chapter three, where he hears of a potential first crewmate. I think it's in chapter two, right? Because when Luffy first appears in front of Alvida, she thinks that he is oh, Zoro, she, the pirate hunter come to Zorro. hunt her, but he is not Zoro. He's like, oh, who's gotcha. that? And then and he's then like, Luffy ooh, Zoro, this guy sounds interesting, you know? Exactly. And he, he's completely out of it. And just, instead of just going, oh, I'm threatened. He goes, oh, I have a new uh, person to find. Meanwhile, hey, can I have your ship? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then he decides to recruit him, and his only stipulation that he says is, I'll recruit him if he's a good guy. Yep. That's it. And, <laughs> there, and there you go. All right. That was a very fun chapter. Um, I'm, I'm mixed about Kobe, but it was more important that we just establish what kind of attitude Luffy has with strangers and with friendly people. Yeah. Because I as think soon as Kobe stood up for himself. My sorry, I was going to say real quick. Yeah, real quick. Uh, as soon as Kobe stood up for himself. Luffy protected him. He's like, okay, you you want yeah. to go on your goal. I am aware you can't. You you are physically incapable of fighting this woman, but you stood up for yourself, and so you got my respect. Here, let me help you out. Exactly. So like, it's about I'll, respect. It's about your actions. <laughs> yeah, respect and actions. Yes, so, he respects people that will stand up for what they believe in and they're trying to follow their dreams more than anything. I think yeah. and that's what we see here. And absolutely. So next chapter, chapter three, they. Are off Let's just kind of, since we're already at like almost 50 minutes, <laughs> we'll kind of condense this whole little, it's like one kind of little section, the whole next chapter is four to seven or three to seven. Okay. And it's when they come to this little island looking for Zoro, Kobe looking to become That's fair. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Because, yeah, this is basically the the finale of the arc where it's introduction yeah. to, uh, I guess, spoilers for those who haven't read it, uh, the recruitment of the first crew member of Luffy's team. 
the, it is literally the, the dawn of romance romance in the adventure sense right he's got his first mm-hmm. crew member he's officially on his way the adventure has begun is what this and he's, arc is meant and to he's do. making a name because he basically usurped a uh, a very corrupt uh, marine captain yes who ruled... axe hand morgan <laughs> Axehand Morgan, and I i know this is going to be usurped super early, but I was immediately thinking when I assumed I saw that character, I was thinking this is the most edgelord design I can think of for a sailor, where his arm is his <laughs> yeah. axe, his elbow yep. is the is like the pommel of the, of the axe, and there's a point where he's trying to swing it, and he's using that elbow as the handle as he's swinging it, and I'm just going, oh my god. Yeah, like, there's no way you can convince me that Morgan did not intentionally make his hand into an axe just so people would call him Axe Hand Morgan. Like, he thought about oh, yeah. it. You know, I'm sure he's like, yeah, I want to be called Axe Hand Morgan. Absolutely. <laughs> this this was, yeah, this villain was definitely the first one I was like, oh, this is a villain. Because Alvina yeah. was a one-chapter villain, right? She had her moments, but she was beaten right away. In this case, it's like, though, this guy, he has a few chapters of establishment. He has a son who is a total bitch, dude. Yeah, Hell, Hate him. God, Hate him. this prick. Such God. a piece of shit. <laughs> so what he does that makes me extremely mad is he's just, he's not a man of his word. He has no honor. He like, you know, he's, Zoro has been captured. Kind of, kind of like turned himself in on a deal. He said like, you know, you survive yeah. for 30 days to, with no food. And then I'll let you go. And he's like, I can do that. Let's go. But he's not actually totally, going to yeah. give him those 30 days. He's going to execute him in three days, which we hear mm-hmm. from Luffy overhears him saying it in town. And then we was also find that... out. Oh, wait, what? What's what? Was that the part that made Luffy deck him in the face when he found out that he wasn't going to release Zoro? Or was it? Yeah, when... I, I believe he punches him like right there on the street, right? Okay, yeah, because when I saw that, I felt like cheering because I was just like, thank God this prick got decked. Cry home to your daddy, you, you spoiled brat. Oh, that I was felt really so cool. good when that happened. It got, it got, Luffy got my respect when he did that. Like, it was obvious moment to happen, but it just felt good when it happened. Right. Man, yeah, satisfying punch, definitely. Especially because, like, that part was what made Luffy punch him. But what the reason I got satisfaction because I wasn't surprised when that reveal happened because these guys were obvious pricks. Was that when he punched them? I think it was. Yeah, the first minute you saw the this guy, you're like, oh, this guy's a total asshole. But it was reinforced when the little girl was trying to feed Zoro uh, the rice ball she made, and he just takes it, eats it, and you know, coughs it up because it tastes horrible. Because you know, little girl, she wants sugar. She uses sugar instead of salt. Yeah, and then he throws it down on the ground and stomps on it. Yeah, and like, and then orders the men to throw her back over the wall. And I'm just like, can someone please kill this guy? Please, <laughs> right. I will not shed a tear reading. Yeah, when he, I, I wish he had re- him. There's that saying where it's like, I don't wish this person dead, but when I read their obituary, I will be smiling yeah. the <laughs> yes, whole that time. Def- that's how Muffle and Morgan, <laughs> honestly, like both of them are just huge pieces of crap, you know? Like, ah. <sighs> Helmepo especially got under my skin more so than Morgan. Morris, Morgan was a dictator. He was a tyrant. Absolutely. Very, completely brutal to his men, forcing them to kill themselves. They couldn't follow an order correctly. But Helmepo was just like, like again, just, we, I don't know. It's just when he like insulted that little girl, threw him back over because just the food wasn't good and made his snack a little unpleasant. 
And I was just like, dude, fucking go, tr- go fall on the pitch, dude. But then immediately you get a bit of Zoro too, when he's busy not trying to act like a super badass with his bandana <laughs> help adding like the shadows underneath his eyes to give him that, you know, that intrigue, that rogue look to it. Which yeah. is a great look, by the way. Um, Oh, I actually wrote it down here, actually. Um, chapter, it was page 17. The shadow under Zoro's eyes disappear. I noticed this. Even though he's still wearing his bandana, great attention to detail as he drops his tough guy attitude to ask for the sugar rice. Oh, yeah. That's because, a very good point. Because, like, he was acting all tough going, I can full 30 days. I won't starve. You know, Luffy calls him out on, like, no, you can't. You're a fucking idiot. But, and he still acts like it, but he goes, oh, by the way, before you leave, and then you, he looks up a bit. The shadows are gone. And he goes, can you, can you pick up that rice and feed it to me? Yeah. And that's where <laughs> we see like, and Luffy sees like Zoro in his definition is a good guy. <laughs> yeah. And not because he ate the rice ball, but because he told uh, Luffy to tell the girl it was delicious. And I'm just like, even if it wasn't covered in dirt, sugar instead of salt, Zoro just goes, it was delicious. Tell her it was delicious. Who knows? Maybe he liked it. Probably not. But either way, it was food. I bet he wasn't complaining. After nine days, <laughs> he probably thought it was delicious, man. He started yeah, and, <laughs> and it made her happy and smile going. He loved it. And, he, and Luffy's like, yeah, yeah, he quaffed that whole thing down. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, and immediately with that, he was like, all right, so you're a, a pretty decent guy. I think the main thing, though, that Luffy wanted him was when he finds out that Zoro had a dream, a goal that he wanted to obtain, a promise that he wanted to keep. Was that yeah, the moment definitely. he wanted to for sure? Or is it the... The rice ball part. No, I think the rice ball part was when he was like, okay, I'm so super interested in yeah. this guy. Like, join my crew. And Zoro's like, yeah. yeah. Like, but with like, 100%. I'm too strong for you, basically, right? Like, yeah, no, he, I'm yeah, not going to join your crew guy. because I'm stronger than you are. Like, and yeah. Luffy's like, and, hmm. <laughs> and to be fair, the first time we see Zoro, he does look like a complete badass, even though he's tied up and bloodied and, you know, immobile. Oh, yeah. Because, again, the bandana, he's adding the shadows under his eyes. It's a, it's, it's a super intentional character design. Because whenever he's wearing that bandana later in the later chapters as well, um, from what I've observed, he has that shadow whenever he's in fight mode. He's in tough guy, cool guy mode, right? Because he wants to be the best swordsman. And that's part of his ideal look, I'm guessing, at this point. You get that tough guy look. And that's why I pointed out, too, where the shadows aren't there for that one moment where he drops that tough guy look and goes like, hey, can you just feed me that dirt? Just feed me that dirt. I'm hungry, dude. <laughs> so it's like, okay. So it might be, a, it might be a coat. It might be, a, it might be a persona that he's putting on. If uh, a, um, God, I can't think of the word. Uh, a masquerade, a, something to like a facade. Yeah, there you go, a, a facade. facade. Yeah, yeah. That he is a tough guy, but it's not 100. percent That's his only attitude. Like he can, he does have layers. That's what I saw from that. So I, I wrote that down because I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a good attention to detail. Yeah, because we also got to see his backstory in this arc, a little mini Zoro flashback where he's training oh, with the girl oh, yeah. in the swordsmanship her... dojo, Quina. Quina. I haven't written down here yet. Quina. Right. And she's way better than he is as a kid. Never beats her. He loses to her when he fights her with real swords, you know, trying to prove himself. I think, I think, I think they said 200 times. I think they said 200 I, times. I, I think, I think okay. it might have been more than that, but there was way, a number tons yeah. of matches and she ne- he never beat her I, once, I, ever. I, rem- I remember two and zeros. It might be 200. It might be 2,000. I don't know. I, I feel like it's but, more in that ballpark, but I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Either way, and, tons. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm guessing Zoro is a fan favorite, but I have a slight criticism of this, ba- of this uh, backstory. 
a okay, slight watch. criticism, and I'm hoping they expand on it a bit more as the as the world goes on, the story goes on, is Queen's reason why that Zoro will surpass her is that she is a woman. She's going. She's growing breasts. She's not going to be as strong. Right. I. I is that like just purely a biological approach to why? Because we don't I think learn that's anything what about she's this character. Thinking. And Zoro says, like, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that going, no, that's bullshit. You're better than me. But when I surpass you, it'll be because I'm better, not because of you getting weaker. He does mention that. I will give credit to that. Where he goes, I don't want to hear because you got weaker. I want to be because I got stronger. Okay? But we're going to be dueling. And then I'm going to pass you. Deal? Deal. Greatest swordsman, whoever gets it first. And then, yeah, some amount of time passes. <laughs> another slight criticism that's not even a lot of time it's short time it's literally the next day it, it goes, does look like that but it's i don't know it has like a like an establishing shot i guess of the dojo so it could be the next day it could be i'd say any point in the future the, after the, that she dies the shonen the official shonen jump app the chapter i read it literally says i'm we literally made a promise the last night when oh, he's like you're grieving right, you're right it was literally he says next, the yeah, last night that. yeah good, good and point. it says she tripped that. down the stairs so and she fell down the stairs. So I was thinking if there was some more time in the oven for this backstory, I was thinking like, did she intentionally trip? That because is she was a theory. She, it was, People think that that's just a nice way of saying she committed suicide. Yeah. But then I'm worried that, okay, maybe I'm overthinking it because we literally have nothing and I'm plugging in the holes. And that's actually a, um, an issue when I see stories as writing as a whole is it me as a fan if I'm plugging in the holes myself to make something better without actual reasons, then that's a weakness of the writing. Yeah, I agree. But this is, again, super early on. This is just one flashback of Zoro as a kid. So we could get much more as we go on. Maybe not. Read and but find I out. thought yeah. <laughs> maybe. But again, like this back, this background was like a mixed, a mixed bag for me because I'm like, OK, I get the motivation 100 percent. Because he holds the sword. This is why he uses three swords, not two or one. Because he always used two swords because he's a super dexterous, cool guy, dude. Um, which, by the way, real life, not very practical, whatever. Um, yeah, right. It's a cool thing. Um, but the cool. reason why the edgelord Zoro uses three swords is because he's fighting, the way I interpret it as, he's fighting with the spirit of her in the sword. Because at the end of the flashback, he holds the sword, her sword, which has a white hilt, the white grip. His swords had the black grips. Her sword had the white grip. And, yep. or at least it's the manga show. I don't know if it's actually like a different light color. But, and then pleads, I will be the greatest swordsman while holding her sword. So it's almost like she's, he's proclaiming it for both. So that's why he's fighting with all three swords. Yeah, like that's he, why I saw he's it as. picking up on their promise and she can no longer do it now. He is he's, forced he's fighting for, he's, to do it. He's yeah, he he uh, the way I see it is that his own little code, his personal yeah, code, exactly. his sense of honor. He has to fight with all both sets of swords, his swords and her sword to carry on the legacy of being the greatest swordsman. Right. And I do believe that the third sword in his set, quote unquote, the one he holds in his mouth is Queen's sword. Yes, and it he is. He uses Absolutely. his own because whenever in his they hand. they do a lot of close ups on his face when he gets all the swords back, which is, by the way, one of the best two panels of uh, what best panels I don't think it's a two panel, but it was a wide shot panel where he blocks. I got how much did I write down? Oh, no. Yeah. He like. So what happens is like when they come to save him, Kobe actually does. He finally mans up a little bit. He goes to untie Zoro. 
And, you know, it's not going too well, obviously. He's about to get, he gets ganged up kind of by some Marines. They're all around him with guns. Meanwhile, Luffy mm-hmm. is inside the castle because he just tried to blackmail Zoro into joining right. his crew. Like, if I have your swords, you'll have to join me. And Zoro's like, what? Mm-hmm. No. And he's like, can't stop me. I'm going to go steal your swords. And then you're going to join my crew. Right? So he goes mm-hmm. and does that. He gets the swords. Which also, quick awesome moment when he gets caught by the Marines. And even though we <laughs> learn very shortly after this that he's immune to bullets, he still uses Helmeppo as a shield. I think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's, uh, thank you for mentioning that because I know we're jumping around a bit because we, we we spent too long on establishing why the great two chapters were great. But it was, yeah, I wrote this down where it's like, wait, don't shoot. Drags him. Okay, now shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you can shoot now. Like, yeah, I loved that a lot. Because like, you know, it just reinforced at the end of the day, it just like Ben Beckman said, he's not a saint, he's a pirate. <laughs> exactly. It's a, a great reminder that he's immune to shots. I don't care. I'm a pirate. I'm going to take this hostage part. I also, feel like, yeah, he's like I'm not going to shoot him, but if you guys do, that's on you. Not hey, you, hey like, you guys want to save me some trouble. Like, this guy's an asshole. And the same thing. I ain't going to weep when he dies. I'm going to be reading that obituary, that tombstone. I'm going to be smiling gleefully. Um, but yeah, like, and then he finds all the swords and he goes, which, which one? Wait, and he's not, he's, uh, hell, Epo, he's I think like, he's which ones? He's, yeah, I which ones he's are his? Because Zoro did two swords. I'll, I'll, he's thinking two of them are his. He doesn't know which two. So he grabs all three. Yeah. Turns out they're all three. And then Luffy just grabs all three. Yeah. And then, just, and then which ones are yours when they're about to get attacked? And he goes, they're all of them are mine. Just give them. Yeah. Uh, so and when but, Luffy comes back down that panel, when he jumps in front of Kobe and uh, Zoro, and all the bullets are like stretching through his body. And it's like, that mm-hmm. won't work. I was like. Man, that got me so hyped, especially the first time I read it. I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. Like, redirected the bullets, oh. took out a couple of Marines in the process, mm-hmm. I think. Like, awesome, awesome scene. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, it is rubber. Like, that's a really good, yeah. dense rubber, though. That's the moment when I realized, I was like, man, I've never seen rubber, the ability to stretch, like, look so cool. You know? Yeah, like, like, Mr. Fantastic the action, doesn't in, do in this justice fighting sense. Yeah, because yeah, before we got Gum Gum Pistol, which is, you know, cool. But I'm still thinking, like, okay, that's, like, Fantastic Four stuff. That's still pretty cool, but with a little edge, right? And then we got Gum Gum Rocket, which he used earlier to get onto the yeah, uh, top of the tower and knock and topple the statue on accident, which made Captain Morgan fucking pissed. Yes. <laughs> um, which is a great technique where he just literally... Oh, that's a part I remember from the anime that I remember I, I really wish did I could Did again, he use that against kind of Alvita's crew, too, right? Say again, sorry? Did he use that against Alvita's crew? Or maybe that was only in the anime. That might be what I'm thinking of. Uh, Gum Gum Rocket was the one he first uses against Morgan. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's Gum Gum Rocket and then Gum Gum Whip we see right. uh, in this fight. Ooh, wait, I'm get, so I'm, I'm, I'm before writing we get to that whip. because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before <laughs> so, we get uh, to that whip, exactly. The panel I was talking about, because I found the notes here, cha- uh, page four is the panel I wrote... Okay, so... Again, I read this first volume 15 plus years ago, Justin. Yeah. 15 plus years ago. That's about the time I was reading the first volume. Yeah. Very light memories of this. This page four iconic shot of Zoro blocking all those sword blows at once. That is like the most iconic pose in one piece probably. One for one. Exactly how I remembered it. And I'm so glad it was as cool as I remembered it when I was young. I saw that and I went. Because I remember going, look, going, getting to that part, going, okay, there's going to be that cool sword block part, but why are they not shooting? And then I get to that part, oh, because Luffy blocked all the bullets, because I forgot right. about that part. So then Luffy starts and scrambling I, to untie Zoro. They're like, bullets won't work. Cut him. 
He like he yeah, gets one him. of his hands free just in time. Zoro cuts himself free, and like next panel, he's blocking ten Blocks. or so Marines with his three swords. It's so then, tight. Uh, yeah. So, and I wrote this down too. So Zoro can talk even though he's biting onto a sword grip tightly. And yeah. I went, "No, shut the fuck up, though. This is this is cool." Yeah, Shut dude, up. <laughs> remember what he said there was so badass. While he's still Any, blocking all their attacks, yeah, the first person who yeah. moves dies. And none of Any them move. <laughs> I yeah. loved it. Like, like, they all frozen. They're like, I ain't gonna be that guy. <laughs> like, I, ain't gonna be me. Yeah, like, looking at the guy in the background, looking at, like, are you gonna move? I, I, I'm doing that. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, that was I'm, so I'm good. Shit. And then, like, so, at this point, Zoro's like, I'm gonna be the greatest swordsman in the world. So if I'm going to be on your crew, you better be the future king of the pirates. I'm looking yeah, like, and then sounds good. And then immediately, <laughs> a- and immediately after, he saves him with a gum-gum whip, which is basically just a uh, a wide uh, uh, sweep kick, but because of his gum-gum powers, it's extended, and so he's able to completely knock all the marines out after he says, Zoro, duck, real quick. Yeah. Gum-gum whip, and then and knocks them all out. that's a great double-paid spread panel, too. With and Zoro immediately, with that alone, immediately establishes trust. Because Zoro goes, okay, I'm trusting you. I'm ducking. Oh, shit, you saved me because I listened to you. Okay, loyalty established. It's going to yeah, be more the, important the to the two of them, the uh, I think, I made a note of this. Let me try and find it real quick. But they're in sync because Zoro... Uh, is understandable to Luffy in the way that Kobe is not, right? Like when mm-hmm. the little girl's gonna go give him the food, Kobe's like, Luffy, you gotta stop her. And Luffy just looks at him with like a dumb face, like, if you wanna stop her, why don't you go do it yourself? You know? Yeah, but exactly. Zoro, who has already shown like he has this code of honor and he's got ambition, Luffy does understand him. And therefore, Zoro also understands the same thing about Luffy. That's how I perceive it, mm-hmm. right? They both have great ambition. Mm-hmm. They both like kind of talk big, Zoro says. Like, you know, oh, you talk pretty big, but yeah. he does as well. And for that, he understands mm-hmm. Luffy in a way that other people don't or can't. Uh-huh. So I think that's why they just click so well. And then in yeah, the fight, I, it really shows. They're perfectly in sync. Like, they're going at it. Like, yeah. they're dodging, weaving, you know, ducks, mm-hmm. whips over. It's awesome. Yeah, this devil, this devil fruit guy with rubber powers, he's very strange and weird, but he has, like you said, great ambition. And he also has a code of honor that he stuck through, true and true. He's not the deceitful, lying type, as far as I know, like Zoro's perspective. So, and, but he's proving it with his actions. He's saving me. He's friendly to like the locals here. He's says he's going to be a pirate and I'm a pirate hunter, but he's not like the scumbags I've been capturing in the past. This guy is actually have like, he has a code. There's something about him. And if I'm going on my adventure, my own personal quest, my promise to be the greatest swordsman, I can trust this guy to find that action for me. Yeah. I'm going to go with this guy. And plus he saved my ass when, after I found out Zoro, he just found out that, like, okay, these Marines were going to kill me anyway. All right, fuck these guys. <laughs> right. And then just a quick, we were saying, like, action really easy to follow. Luffy's little skirmish with Morgan, same thing. Really great paneling, really easy to follow. Luffy, like, kind of, he starts, he jumps over Morgan's axe attack, and then he leans back mm-hmm. in the air, double kicks him in the face, and jumps off his face doing a backflip and lands back, like, in a position where he could block or counter that. or continue fighting. And I was like, damn. It was really cool. It shows that Luffy is thinking in combat. Like, he's planning. He knows what he's doing, you know? He's staying on the ground where he's grounded. He can stay mobile. All while attacking. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here to help reinforce these action scenes. Because, yeah, like, these parts, like, stuck with me. But I didn't write down the action scenes. Because, you know, for notes, 
I'm just thinking like, okay, what's an iconic good looking panel shot? And I wrote down the gum gum whip and the Zoro blocking this shot. But when it's like multi-panel establishment action scenes, like the one you mentioned, the backflip off the guy's face after he attacked, I just remember that after you reminded me like, yeah, but I remember that at the time too. It's so easy to follow. I had no question going like, wait, what happened? Did he, yeah. did he do a backflip? It was more like, holy shit, did he just do a backflip? He, he <laughs> kicked him while also jumping off his face, like to reposition himself. Yeah. Like, damn, that's cool. And it also mm-hmm. just shows like whatever the heck happened in those 10 years, Luffy has been busting his balls to train. He's and been, he is not the same been, kid that we yeah, saw in chapter been, one. He's been getting creative with his powers. Um, absolutely. So Kobe eventually joins the Marines, which actually Luffy did a very, uh, oh, wait, wait, very quick. cool trick. Clever trick. Oh, go on. Wait, sorry. Before we jump to that, when you were saying about trust, we also like mm-hmm. it's really important to mention, I think, which is kind of like a shonen subversion. Luffy does not beat the quote unquote big bad of this arc. Zoro does. And it's all because of that trust. Luffy's like, be- he beats him really badly. I think he's down after that kick. Like, pretty much everyone think- we've seen is like one shot by Luffy, almost. But Morgan is still, True. I think, awake, alive. He's on the ground. And then, like, Luffy looks really pissed off. And he's like, you're ruining Kobe's right. dream by, like, soiling the Marines, his ideal. So he's really mad about that. And then, like, when Hamepo <laughs> reappears, right? He's got a gun Holds to Kobe's the gun head. To Kobe's head, yeah. Kobe's like, just shoot him. I don't care, which is a good moment for Kobe. We've seen that he's mm-hmm. been inspired by Luffy. But so instead of finishing Morgan, Luffy stretches because he knows that Zoro's not in position to save Morgan. Right. Save and then Kobe Morgan gets back up. So he's he leaves Morgan behind Luffy. him. This guy with a giant axe for a hand. He's not even looking. Mm-hmm. He saves Kobe and Zoro comes through and finishes it one slice or three slices. However exactly. you want to look at it. Because right. Luffy trusts mm-hmm. him and Zoro's in sync with him. He he knows already like he's going to save his, his friend. He's going to save Kobe. I'll protect my captain. It was I okay. love that moment. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm you might be a bit biased because you're a big One Piece fan, but oh, yeah, the definitely. way you ex- the way you explained it, I'm sold that's exactly what that point was. Cause we did establish early on it's about trust and loyalty. So right away, it's the first fight, it's a bit early, but they established right away they're willing to trust each other. And they won that fight because of that. So great way to establish what these two alone can do. Yeah. Completely. So at the end of that first arc. Oh, another thing I was trying to mention real quick is Luffy by pretending that he was an asshole to Kobe and inciting him to beat him up and punch him because he's going to spill the beans that he was a pirate for two years against his will. But he was on a pirate crew and then forcing him to punch and the Marines a bit, a bit uh, shallow end on the uh, shallow end on the intelligence level. But they go, oh, they clearly can't be friends They're fighting each other just from talking. Oh, they're clearly enemies. All right, yeah. you're, you can be a Marine. <laughs> All right, well, let's join. Which we, we do learn that the the new captain, I guess, of that outpost did know that they were friends anyways, but he's going to let it slide because yeah, you know, it's cool. It, yeah, it was, it was implied that he kind of knew, but he had to make a scene for it. Um, and then obviously, and then they salute Luffy and Zoro leaving, and he goes, All right, we, we saluted pirates, no dinner for a week. All right, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, and that is, that's where it ends, right? They're setting sail. They said we're going to the Grand yep, Line. Set, Let's get set, it. Set, set and sail on uh, the Alvita's ship, I believe. The romance has officially dawned. Exactly. And that was the first arc. Oh, so much fun from that one arc alone. Um, uh, yeah. God. It, it's so actually glad. a stronger introduction than I think even One Piece fans give it credit for. 
because there does a lot of world building, a lot of character like development, all in just a span of a relatively short seven chapters with one extended. Mm-hmm. And it's just really yeah. cool. Like, yeah, really, really yeah, good. Yeah, the one. The one criticism I had was I mentioned that backstory for Zoro being a bit rushed where I'm like, all right, I got to plug in holes myself. That's not exactly a good thing. And that's that's a, that's a thing. People thing. agree with you. Like he has like the shortest flashback out of almost anyone in the story, which is ridiculous for one of the most popular and, it, you know, like most iconic you, characters. You, you know what? If that's true, then that means the Oda, the author himself, knew that after post and realized, OK, I did this guy no justice. I need to work on that. So that that's what that tells me, because, you know, if he knew and post or if he got that criticism of like, hey, we like this Zoro guy, but this backstory, it was a bit too rushed, man. Like the uh, Queena or sorry, what's your name? It's Queena, yeah, right? Queena. That, yeah, this backstory of like uh, this rival, this, you know, this childhood Virgil that he had as a rival against. And, you know, and that's it. And that She fell down some stairs immediately after some promise. Like, it's, it's a bit anticlimactic. And so he learns from that. He get the, he has the emotional bits nailed down, right? Yes. He, he completely understand the motivation, but the objective writing was what needed to be worked on. So hopefully yeah, in the future, it well gets worked put. on. So yeah. I That's think open. like overall, we'd like the main points we've established. You get the adventure setting. You learn about the setting. Like not all pirates are good. Not all Marines are good. Not all pirates are bad. Not all Marines are bad. You know, like it's very they are sh- dual they are dichotomy going everywhere. on in the whole world. It's just a really, like, cool start out to the setting and just makes you intrigued to see, like, more of this world and what's going on. You're like, what is the Grand Line? You know, I can't wait to see. Mm Mm-hmm. What is this Grand Line? Who are the rest of the crew members going to be? What's going to happen? Like, if they ever return. I wonder what's going to happen with Kobe. I wonder if we ever get to see Alveda again. Or do we even get to see Flotsam or Jetsam's mother father ever again right <laughs> like, like there's it's that intrigue of i wonder if we get to see these characters again because some series like uh naruto or bleach uh they don't really return to those characters not really not until like the ninja war naruto's case but that was kind of forced short um, rule what people like it's like a saying you know among the fan community is everyone comes back but obviously that's not true not everyone but a lot of characters hope, are going to be back I hope around. That's true. You know? I'm, a, I'm a little curious. I'm a like little you curious. can, you can basically assume like even if Luffy beats someone's ass and they are not dead, they're, they're going to keep on doing their pirate thing, and therefore they might encounter him again at some point. I I really do hope so because a little uh, a little returning uh, it, it's a it's a show tactic. I've seen this done a few times where, like I mentioned in Naruto, where they bring back old characters after a long time, and but in that case that was a little forced. But I'm not going to mention yeah. details. They probably, um, yeah, okay, yeah, me either. <laughs> but, the, but the best example I can think of is Avatar The Last Airbender, where they brought back a yeah. bunch of side characters yes. for, like, it, an initial attack on the big baddies. Yeah, the, and you're like, the mid-season oh, finale that's, of season three. that's that guy. There's that, those, those people. And you're like, oh, they brought these characters back. But it didn't feel forced. It felt natural because enough time had happened, but not too long to go to be, for, for, to be forgotten. So I'm curious how that one goes forward, because if that saying is true amongst One Piece fans, then I'm really curious. Obviously, we're super early and this is a 1000 chapter series. We're on chapter, what, 21. <laughs> so <laughs> this is like barely yeah. putting your toe in the it, toe on the first step of the pool. We're not but 1, I'm excited yet, where this goes. but we're supposed to. Yeah. Oda's trying to get us there this year. He may or may not. But either way, very close. We're at 994, I think. Ooh, okay. And oh man, so Oda does do a thing like he does. He likes his landmarks, like chapter one hundred, two hundred, three hundred. They're usually like 
fairly big events, so everyone is that's really hyped hear. for 1,000. Like, obviously. that That's good to hear. <laughs> Chapter 1,000. Luffy fucking dies. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You want your 1,000 surprise? There you go. <laughs> Wouldn't that... Yeah, it's, it's, that's the end, and it's about a new crew from then on. That'd be uh, insane. Oh, God. Oh, wait. No, that sounds that horrible. Don't, d- don't, don't, do, don't do Boruto. Please don't do Boruto. Right. That's not a good yeah. idea. No, don't I do agree. that. <laughs> but I think uh, that about wraps it up. You have any closing thoughts or statements, questions? I don't think so, man. Like that was just a really good, solid seven chapters. We had that much to talk about for just seven chapters. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying so, it. That first chapter yeah, is so, dense, so though, far. There's a lot of stuff there, so that that took up a good chunk of our time. Yeah, this well worth book it. club. Yeah, this book club kind of approach, just talking out loud of what what's what's uh what happened go once what's your thoughts so far what's happened so far different perspective it really helps me help envelop what i've just digested what i've just read so this is helping me enjoy it more and from what i hear this series is only going to get better and better and better so Uh, if i'm like this (laughs) right now if i'm like this right now i'm very worried i'm going to be sucked down this rabbit hole too fast and i'm going to and you're going to be like hey jacob where are you at i'm like I'm, I'm done. I'm on 762 <laughs> yeah. right now. And it's like, dude, it was like two hours since the last recording. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, we were supposed to go to chapter 34. Like, have you have you eaten? No. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, just for uh, for the record, for the listeners, the next episode is going to be the Orangetown arc. It's going to be chapters 8 through 21 in the manga. I do not know the anime episodes. You should, the manga. I wonder why it's called Orangetown. Yeah, I wonder where they're going to go. but anyways thank you guys so much listening for listening to op is op but we'll see you next week hopefully later